Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another PC Boys podcast. This is Logan, and today we are finally doing Doom Eternal, The Ancient Gods, Part 1, DLC Review. So it took me a little while, um, other than the day that I beat it, to really come up with the few things I wanted to talk about when it came to this DLC. What I wanted to cover, what I wanted to praise and give critiques on. And now that I finally have those lists and things figured out, we can now proceed with the actual in-depth review. But before we do that, I want to give out a little um, announcement for those of you that have bought and own Marvel's Avengers. From now to November 3rd, if you log in to Marvel's Avengers, you will get 1,700 credits to customize your character in the in-game shop. You will also be uh, gifted... um, I, I forgot the other name of the currency in the game, but you know, like, the green cards, uh, let's see, you have the credits, and then you have, um, units, that's what they're called. Uh, I believe you get, like, uh, 7,000 units, uh, as well for logging in and some, um, upgrading resource supplies just by logging in between now and November 3rd, so I definitely suggest that, uh, because A, it's free, and B, that's a lot of fucking shit for free, and you can buy, and they also have over 50% discounts on everything in the Avengers, uh, marketplace right now, rather that's emotes, character skins, you name it, all over 50% off, so I definitely recommend, take advantage, just log into the game, get your rewards, and you'll be set if you want to go purchase some things from now to November 3rd. But now, let's get into the review, the actual part as to why you guys are here. So, ladies and gentlemen, Doom Eternal's first DLC, The Ancient Gods Part 1, is a spectacular expansion that not only keeps going off of Doom Eternal's amazing gameplay, but also still managing to have an amazing score. However, that it is not composed by Mick Gordon, their replacement for Mick Gordon is a very uh, talented artist as well. I would say, if anything, he could stand to Mick Gordon's standards on Doom music. I personally like the music. It didn't feel like Mick Gordon didn't do the music. It wasn't anything radically different. If anything, it was up the same alley. So ultimately, I think that this uh, DLC ultimately was a really good one. The soundtrack was great. Now, they didn't expand upon too many um, like new weapons or even uh, runes or anything. They have these new things called defensive runes. And essentially, this is like the biggest update, I guess you could consider the game's functionality, where it essentially you have like three of them that they added in. One, you shoot like a weak spot on an enemy, and it makes a big like stunning explosion uh, to nearby enemies. Um, and kind of just stuff like that, kind of like defensive supports. So uh, there's one for each play style. I believe there's one for healing as well. Uh, for like glory kills and stuff, but yeah, so ultimately depending on your type of play style, uh, they have defensive runes that can play to your play style. They have a blood punch one, um, and I believe they have a health one, and then they have, of course, the one that I've been using, which it is, you know, you hit the, uh, or you take off the, um, one of the critical points to the enemy and it makes an explosion knocking and stunning enemies nearby. Personally, I like those, but they didn't really add too many other gameplay features. They only added three defensive runes, that's it. No new weapons, no new attachments that I could see. A lot more challenges, though. So, by buying the DLC, just for straight up buying it, you get the Slayer 
uh, or, or the uh, Maker Slayer skin. And essentially, this is just like a Maker version of the Slayer. Uh, his blade, though, is fucking awesome. And it's like yellowish gold, but it has like uh, electricity around it and shit. It's pretty cool. Um, by completing uh, two secret encounters in all the missions you can unlock... Uh, three different outfits, uh, deluxe outfits, one is a swamp outfit, one's a construction-like outfit, and then the other one is a red version, I, I have yet to unlock two of them, I did unlock the swamp one, but I need to go back and do the secret encounters for those other two missions, because I just didn't even know that there were three other skins that you could get from doing this, you can of course, uh, do, uh, the extra lives mode and get some weapon skins and stuff for, the, uh, doing that one. And then, of course, if you beat it on Ultra Nightmare, um, you get, uh, a Amora skin. It's kind of like the gold skin, uh, except I think it's more, like, straight-up yellow-ish. Um, but yeah. So, essentially, that is what you can do. They have a lot of challenges that you can complete, which is nice because it gives you another incentive to come back to the game other than the series, uh, quote-unquote battle pass system that they have going on, so it's another incentive to just get into the game and play it, which is nice, and this is all, uh, yes, you do have to spend $20 on the actual DLC itself, but you're talking about a DLC of playing hours worth, like, you can play hours and hours and hours worth of this DLC, the DLC itself, you know, it takes you about an hour or two, maybe an hour and a half, to get through one DLC mission. So they're very good length missions. There's only three of them. There's one on Earth, which is a UAC oil refinery slash rig out in the ocean. One is in the blood swamps of hell. And then the last one takes place in Erdak, but like in the forest-like area. So yeah, no, there's a lot of good things when it comes to this DLC. It, it, it is definitely the difficulty is turned up to like 11. You know, you'll be fighting, uh, fighting two marauders at the same time, three fire barons of hell. Um, and a lot, uh, one big thing I noticed about this DLC, they had a lot of close quarter encounters. Uh, they threw you in a little, uh, area to fight a marauder. They threw you in a little area to fight two dread knights. And in another, and in that same exact area, after you beat the dread knights, you get thrown in there with a tyrant. So there's like two or three sections in this, uh, DLC that I noticed specifically were claustrophobic areas. We're talking about like a square box room to a hall, a narrow hallway, and you're having to fight enemies like tyrants and marauders and dread knights in them. It's, it, it's pretty sketchy shit, but once you get, you know, the layout down and once you get, like, you know, your uh, game plan down, you're good. Um, it just takes some strategy to get used to. Ultimately, though, when it comes to uh, this DLC, I think the most shining aspect is the story. So, expanding from Doom Eternal, it picks up... Um, I would say a few months possibly after Doom Eternal and the Doom Slayer is being led by Samuel Hayden to essentially get the Seraphim. Like straight out of the gate, you are going after the Seraphim to, because the Seraphim knows, uh, exactly how to get, you know, the, uh, the father's life sphere or whatever. And you need to resurrect the father, which is essentially God in the Doom universe to, Give him a physical body so he can get the demons out of Erdak. Because when the demons are in Erdak, they have millions of different universes and worlds that they can claim. Because that's kind of what Hell does. They claim universes and worlds and make it a part of Hell. Because Hell's endless. Both in space and time. So because the demons are in control of Erdak, 
they can uh, essentially just go to whatever dimension, universe, planet that they want to and consume it. So they're so what Dr. Samuel Hayden's goal is get to the Seraphim, get the Seraphim to bring you to uh, this sanctum where the life spheres are held and the that you need to get the uh, um, father's life sphere and give him a physical body so we can get rid of the demons and save Earth and Erdak. And essentially, you as a Doomslayer, first mission, you're getting the Seraphim. Second mission, you're going after the sphere and um, the third mission, you go back to Erdak, but I will let you guys finish the second mission to understand, I guess, kind of where the little cliffhanger goes in. Now, if you already know... Well, wait, this is supposed to be my spoiler review. Who am I kidding? So, um, ultimately, so I'm gonna... For the spoiler-free people, um, this is where I'm gonna leave it off at, because essentially, Doom Eternal's DLC, same gameplay as the base game... Uh, higher up difficulty, narrow, uh, very challenging, uh, narrow corridor or room encounters with, uh, the toughest enemies that are in the game, uh, you get some new skin, or you get a skin for buying the DLC, a new stand and stuff, which you can earn up, because that's one of those set things, um, and then other than that, uh, when it comes to, you know, the skins, you get three for doing challenges, you can get that for weapon skins, calling cards, emblems, you name it for doing challenges, and there's three missions are about an hour and a half, two hours a piece. And yeah, so ultimately for spoiler-free review, that's all you really need to know. Now, for those of you that want to listen to spoilers, this is for you guys going forward. So essentially, the Doomslayer travels to get the Father's Life Sphere, and he essentially says, Oh, fuck you, Seraphim, I don't trust you because of what the Con Maker did. And he crushes the sphere, life sphere of the father, essentially making it so that he can never have a physical form. And then he gets the Dark Lord sphere, who is essentially the devil in the Doom universe. So you have the father, aka the leader of Erdak, or the essentially god, um, his life sphere. And the Dark Lord, who is the devil, his life sphere, both side by side at the Sanctum, okay? The Dark Lord, you know, is the leader of Hell, and essentially controls and, you know, makes all the demons his bitch. And essentially, the Father made him to protect Hell. To I don't know why the Father made uh, the devil, but the father thought it'd be a good idea to make the devil and to make hell. Yeah, the Doomslayer doesn't like that so much. So there's a lot of reasons why the Doomslayer destroys the father's life sphere, making it so that God himself cannot have a physical body. But he takes the life sphere of the Dark Lord, aka the devil, and brings it to Erdak to essentially give the devil his full actual physical body. Just so he can kill him. And at the end of the game, or the game, the DLC, when he brings the Devil's Life Sphere, or the Dark Lord's Life Sphere, to the, uh, I guess, other sanctum on Erdak, they then conjure a body, a physical body, for the Dark Lord that happens to legitimately be the Doomslayer with demonic markings on him. Essentially, he is, like, the Dark Lord himself has multiple different forms, but in this universe, 
Or in Hell's Universe, the Dark Lord would appear as the Doomslayer because the Doomslayer is the only person that can actually, like, you know, destroy the demons of Hell and control them and strike fear into them. So essentially going into the Ancient Gods Part 2, we have the Doomslayer fighting himself. Now, I don't know if that means that the Dark Lord has the same powers or um, durability uh, that the Doomslayer does. I don't know. But we'll figure that out when the next DLC comes. But it leaves you on such a cliffhanger that it makes you crave more. One thing Doom Eternal did by the end of the game was you wanted to get back into it. You wanted more stuff to do after beating the Icon of Sin. Now, luckily with the DLC, it picked up right after, or not too long after, maybe a few months after, the event of Doom Eternal's main campaign. So, unlike Doom 2016, they kind of explain what he did. Essentially, the Doom Slayer was doing other things, and then when the invasion of Earth started to happen, he came to rescue the human race. That's essentially what happened. But they didn't explain what he was doing in that time, just pretty much saying, yeah, well, he came to the human's rescue when shit was going down. But yeah, so ultimately when it comes to the Doomslayer and it comes to, you know, the, the story of the campaign or the DLC, the DLC story basically goes from find the Seraphim, you find the Seraphim, then you need to get this Father's Life Sphere, conjure him up a body so he can take out the demons from uh, out of Erdak so he can, so essentially um, Erdak can be saved, the Seraphim can be saved, and the Seraphim is like the right hand of God, and, um, you know, and just save the human race, and instead, the Doomslayer kill, or he doesn't kill God, but he destroys his life sphere, so he can't have a physical body, takes the Dark Lord, aka the Devil's life sphere, brings it to Erdak, they conjure up the Devil, his brand new body, that is exactly a replica of the Doomslayer, except with demonic markings on him, and red demonic eyes, but other than that, um, yeah, that that's essentially the story. The story goes from... We need to restore order to Doomslayer saying, Fuck that. I'm going to destroy the Father's life sphere, take the Devil's life sphere, conjure him up a body just so I can kill his ass. Yeah, that's essentially what the Doomslayer's big old grand plan is. Um, yeah, he's not, he doesn't ever really think about what the fuck he's doing, I guess, but. Ultimately, though, when it comes to this game and when it comes to this DLC, this DLC was really good, okay? There was a lot of great things about it. It had a good length to it, so it's worth it in that regard. They give you a skin, a stand, and multiple rewards for just buying the DLC. You can uh, do the challenges to earn up three extra skins for the uh, for the Doomslayer himself. You can earn up some weapon skins and stuff if you want to. There's a lot of optional um, challenges that you can do if you so want to. If you don't, you don't have to. You can just play the DLC and have fun that way. But ultimately, I gotta say, I give this DLC a 9 out of 10. It's almost perfect. I mean, if you love the main campaign of Doom Eternal, not only is this gonna keep you craving for that second, uh, Ancient Gods part, but it's also gonna keep you really hyped up for the Doom uh, just future either DLCs or games. But here's the problem that I have, and this is the only one gripe. The major gripe that I have with this DLC. The fact that they brought in the Dark Lord from Doom 2016, the dark voice you hear in Hell on the Slayer Testaments, 
You take this motherfucker, and you decide to put him in the DLCs, okay? Let's say the Slayer kills him off in part two. What other demons, who's gonna take over for the Slayer to fight now? Because that's the thing, you wanna make more Doom games going forward, but if you kill off the devil himself, how do you exactly continue the Doom universe? If the devil himself is dead, who's posing the threats to Earth now? Who's posing the threats to other dimensions? That's the problem. That's the only problem I have with this DLC. It's taking the biggest bad that there is in the Doom universe and saying, yeah, we're just going to use them now. What are you going to do in the future? Or are they going to pull a thing where, like, the, you know, the devil doesn't actually fight the Doom Slayer and he escapes and they leave it open for the next game? Where maybe you fight the devil, but then the devil gets away or teleports away or whatever, and then you're left in the third game having to track down and kill the devil. I have no fucking idea what they're planning on doing. I don't know why they decided to introduce the devil immediately in this DLC and conjure him up a body for the Doomslayer to murder, being himself. I just don't understand. I just don't understand what they're going to do with that because you're going to get to a point where it's like, okay, well, what do I do now? Like, yeah. You know, you kill the devil, and then what do you do? Where do you go from there? That's the only gripe that I really have with the campaign in terms of future content, future villains and whatnot. It's just little things, but all I gotta say is I recommend you to go out and buy it. It's $20. It's worth it. You get plenty of game time uh, and plenty, and you, you, like I said, you get a new skin, a whole new set for the Slayer. You can get three other Slayer skins by doing the, uh, or, or four technically in total. Uh, cosmetic skins, but you can get three for the easier ones um, by just doing the challenges and completing the secret encounters on each mission. But ultimately, guys, that is all that I have for you today. That is all I wanted to review. I wanted to go mainly in-depth on the story and that aspect because the gameplay is the same. All they really did in this DLC was make each mission uh, an hour and a half, two hours long instead of like a half an hour um, to an hour, so the missions are a lot longer than the main campaigns were, they upped the difficulty and put the, like, a shit ton of harder enemies to fight on screen, like, you're fighting, fighting most of the time, three to four barons of hell, not even kidding you, two marauders, like, plenty of mancubuses, especially the cyber ones, which are pains in the asses, there's just a lot of things they throw at you at once, and that's ultimately what this DLC is about, it's just upping the ante, and then the DLC story is simple enough and easy to follow, but then, of course, at the end, you're left wanting more. And it's done so successfully that, like I said, if you love the main campaign, this is a step up. You know, in terms of difficulty, it's a step up, but in story-wise and stuff, it's a step up. You can even use the, all the cheat codes that you unlocked in the main game on the DLC, as soon as you beat all the missions, you can go through, like, if you want to go just collect everything that there is to collect, you can. All you gotta do is hop on, get the infinite lives or whatever cheat you want, and go through. You can do the secret encounters with cheats activated, which is what I've been doing, because if you think I'm gonna go through there and do it the fair way, that's stupid. I just wanna get the fucking skins. I don't care about how I get them. I'm not trying to be the best Doom player. I just wanna get all the things that are possible to get. So yeah, no. Ultimately, that's it. There are Slayer Gates, however. I do want to say there are Slayer Gates in this DLC, but I do want to let you all know, I don't even know the purpose of the Slayer Gates in the DLCs. Essentially, they are there, for those of you who want to do it. 
but I don't know why they're there. Like, you know how in the main campaign, right, you had the Unmaker? That's essentially what the Slayer Gates were used for. You got those Empyrean keys, and then you unlock the Unmaker, okay? Really cool. Awesome. In this DLC, though, there is no new weapon. You get this new hub, kind of, which is an arc carrier, but you're not even in it that long. You're only ever in it between the first mission and the second mission, and then I don't think you ever step foot on it again. But yeah, no, ultimately, when it comes to the arc carrier, when it comes to uh, just little things, ultimately, there, there's just some things that I didn't think made sense. Like I said, the Slayer Gates made no sense. Maybe once the second DLC comes out, they're going to have a new weapon introduced, and that's what the Slayer Gates are going to be used for. <laughs> but as of right now, I don't know why they have Slayer Gates. In the DLC. I don't know why. I, I don't know what purpose they serve. Or what rewards that you can get. But I did the Slayer Gates in uh, the main game. So I could get the Unmaker. But that is all I have for you. Ladies and gentlemen. Sorry that took a little bit longer there. But like I said. The only thing that there was to talk about. Was the increased difficulty. Some claustrophobic fighting experiences. Oh yeah the swimming. That's also improved upon a lot more, and you use it a lot more in this suit. They also introduced the dive suit. Other than that, though, not a whole bunch of new gameplay features to talk about. It's just mainly about the story, some difficulty changes, some setting changes, some um, really claustrophobic encounters. Not a whole bunch of new gameplay weapon type of stuff needed to be talked about. Just, you know, I guess the simple stuff that they changed. But ultimately, that's it. All that I got to say is, though, is go out, buy this DLC, have some fun with it. But thank you very much for listening. I hope you all enjoyed. And uh, another thing, I'm going to be doing Slender the Arrival as the last October game for Twitch streaming. I am deciding to do it, however, starting Monday. So Monday on Twitch, I will put out a post on Monday when I'm going to start up the stream. So that way you're aware that it's going on. Um, But we will be posting on our page on Monday when we are streaming uh, Slender the Arrival. And Slender the Arrival will be the final game that we play for the horror fest or horror game fest of October. Because as you all know... Uh, today is the 23rd, and, uh, we have less than 10 days till Halloween's here, so, it's not a long game at all, The Slender the Arrival's a pretty short game, all things considered, but it's, uh, long enough, and it's scary enough to warrant a playthrough. Playing Outlast 2 or any of the Resident Evils would just take too fucking long. Especially with how I construct my gameplay uh, playthroughs. But yeah, I think we're going to end off on a pretty good note. It's a smaller game, but we have a shorter time frame to work with now. But yeah, I hope you guys uh, have enjoyed this podcast. I hope you enjoy the upcoming uh, Slender the Arrival gameplay that we're going to be doing on our Twitch. Remember, you can find it at nzombie62, all lowercase, no spaces. And with that being said, I will catch you all in the next one.